0: Welcome back, boys. It's the Hexdrinkers podcast. We're episode 21. I'm Julian. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. Oak. What is up? And Chev. Yup. And we are a longtime playgroup journeying the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours. And today is an extra, extra special, extra exciting, extra momentous pod.
1: Are we making more drinks because it's the 21st?
0: Oh, that really would have been thematically on point. But no, we had a, a priority override. We'll talk about that after we talk about uh, what we just did in our Strixhaven pre-release because we had a new set, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to episode 19. Um, it was a lot of fun. You boys just want to recap some of, the, some of the highlights, how you felt about the format real quick.
1: Uh, yeah, Quandrix is just as cool as I thought it was. Big fractals are big, and that's pretty cool. Also, uh, there's a Busted Land, Hall of Oracles, which continuously bumps the size of your creatures as you're casting spells, which is what you already want to be doing. Uh, Super powerful and limited.
2: I think my biggest takeaway was I was expecting the limited, or I was expecting the Mystical Archives to have a bigger impact on these games, but I think that just really comes down to maybe a difference between sealed and draft when it comes to this sort of format, because they do have such a warping effect when you have the right ones, but considering the only on color card I had was a harmonize while it was fun to play. I think once it just really didn't have the effect and all of the rest of mine were kind of off color. There's no way I was going to really rock a grape shot in a, uh a orzo plus green deck. Yeah.
0: I think the mystical archives one, I think they're mostly geared towards uh constructed format so there's a lot of like weird things like like you said grape shot and stuff um and also i think that the uh the whole thing where you open uncommons at the same rate as like normal and mythic rares are like super rare like normal uh just means you just get a lot of the like super trash ones like yeah. i just opened like an opt and like a bunch of snakeskin veils divine gambit baby <laughs> yeah which are already medium and don't help in my silver quill deck uh, i will say aggro is fast and good and mm-hmm. punching people fast is good because I I came through and I punched uh, Eric and Chev very fast and good and then Oak threw, came through and he had more punches faster he and pat- gooder and he, he went that faster and gooder <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes also uh, enchantments are still good and busty because as it turns out Oak was punching me fast and also had two busted enchantments that I could not interact with and therefore I lost both my games
3: yeah um I mean well I guess two big things for me uh one i didn't i didn't pull a single relic sloth despite having a uh, laurel Seated pack <laughs> which was really disappointing honestly uh d- despite that i did manage to do pretty well and um the a card i think i underestimated how good it was is it, it is a rare but a uh, conspiracy theorist really just like came through with a card advantage i think mm. in uh, red white uh, just being able to like you know rummage but then you get to play the card you discarded that turn and you know you just playing give everything curved.
2: madness yeah
3: yeah, pretty much, essentially madness. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, um, went fast and uh, I got I I did get Julian
2: good, as you mentioned. <laughs> Oakley, what's the name of the uh, the enchantment that you played? Uh, what, the excavation or something? Yeah, lorehold excavation. Uh, at the
3: mm-hmm. end of your turn, you mill one, and if it's a land, you gain a life. If it's not, you uh deal. Yeah, that was a- that was a pretty solid engine. Yeah, one to an opponent, especially when sorry to keep bringing up me and Julian's games, but like at the very end, I had I think I had two out at once, and when Julian
0: saw that, he just scooped <laughs> when he saw
2: the second yeah, you had two out
0: in my game too. It was not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sparring regimen, the other busted enchantment that Oak had, which is like when your creatures attack, you can untap one and give it a counter. That was just literally can't beat that card in nope. a million years ever um
1: i scooped on turn three to that card uh <laughs> yeah. he okay. resolved it showed me how it worked with one attack step and i was like ah, i think we'll just run another one back
2: yeah any uh final comments before we move on uh chev you'll appreciate this because i'm gonna
0: vindicate your statement and say that you were right uh learn super freaking good mm-hmm. just i wanted to play yeah. as many cards with learn as possible basically just to get all of the summonings inkling summoning was super good uh the spirit summoning was super good and uh, eric played the fractal summoning against me and it was also very good so
2: My final comment is uh, something I saw on Twitter, an interaction I didn't think of, but the six mana sorcery that was one of my top picks of our Strict Saving cast, the Rise of Exodus, uh, sorcery speed, Mm -hmm. two, black, white, hybrid, and four, exile target creature, and then exile target instant or sorcery from a graveyard, then learn. Now, the interaction that I, I learned about was exile your own instant or sorcery. If it's a lesson, you can then recur it. And so you basically have just recursion on a lesson you've already played, because it is pull it from outside the game. I didn't even think of that. I think when I played it against, I think it was Oak, I got rid of a creature, and I just got rid of something random in the graveyard that wouldn't have been useful, but I'd already played lessons and could have used that to get one back, as opposed to go to my next best one. So that's definitely an interaction to keep in mind with that card. It's much better than we think.
1: My final comment is, Zimone Quandrix Prodigy is is just kind of a banger of a card. Uh, It's card. But only if you play exactly one, right? (laughs) uh no, even when I was playing two i I beat oak.
0: <laughs> I just remember at one point you were like oh i i was I was playing two of these and I never freaking drew them and then as soon as I cut one, I just drew her every game like <laughs> it
1: was pretty sick. um but anyway, let's get to the meat
0: yeah, Strixhaven, haven good format um I'm gonna be playing some limited, hopefully maybe making some videos, but we got we're talking about commander as usual, and uh we had a very exciting and interesting development uh just a few days ago. We got an email, and it wasn't a marketing
2: email from. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it
0: wasn't YouTube saying that our analytics are bad, or uh, you know, Twitter saying we haven't posted in weeks. We got an email from uh, an actual listener, a Magnus Gibson, absolute legend, total Chad from Denmark. So shout out to the Danes, big uh, big fans of those guys over there. But yeah, if you remember, uh, for the past <laughs> I don't know three, four, maybe even five episodes now, we've basically. Uh, been saying at the end of our episode, you know, email us. We want, we want to interact with people who are, are listening, if not just for validation that people are listening. Um, and if you send us a deck, we will basically overhaul your deck, uh, you know, pimp, pimp it up. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, pimp my ride, except
2: for far PC nerdier cardboard. way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not, not as a, not as lucrative, but, um, so Magnus, he hit us up and he said, Hey, listen, love the content. I want to pimp up my deck. So he emailed us his uh, Zakama Primal Calamity deck, and um, basically what we're going to do is we are going to give it a little bit of that roast treatment like you might have seen with the roasts of me and then Eric and Cook it a little uh, bit. soon to be the other members of the cast. And then we're just going to kind of talk, you know, we're going to talk about the deck, talk about what Magnus is looking for. You know, we've done our own research and kind of thought about how we might take the deck, and we're going to provide some critiques and some upgrade paths for Magnus, and hopefully he'll, uh, he'll be happy with that and he'll... Uh, Bring new life to to this deck that is one of his favorites. He said, um, "So we're happy to be uh, giving it some more love." So Chev Magnus sent us a very long and descriptive email. Will you kind of uh, let the people know what's going on with this this absolute behemoth of a deck? Right.
2: So so to set the scene, this is the part in the reality show where you you interview the person who is. Uh, going to have their thing pimped and it's kind of going into the background of it maybe some like long shots of them walking along a beach with like a weird narration so i want you to picture this sort of scene really good Um, we've got we've got a zakama primal calamity as julian mentioned deck um and the idea here uh, according to magnus is to ramp like an absolute madman and just slam a dinosaur down and i know at the second i read that statement I was instantly having visions of an Eric sort of salivating in the background of Naya color big dinos. Um, and what, what I really appreciate about the original vision that Magnus was bringing into this is it's deliberately short on tutors. Um he, he threw in a couple expedition map, an hour of promise to go find Sanctum of Eternity, which is a pretty solid combo with Zakama. Um, the land is from one of the commander sets, tap two in it, return your commander to your hand. Which, of course, whenever you cast the comma, untap all lands you control. So you can kind of see where the shenanigans might ensue there. Uh, Earlier iterations were a little more combo-focused and had a lot of X damage win-cons, which again kind of fuel into that of being able to just bounce him infinitely, get a bunch of uh, mana to cast a giant X spell. But in recent times, it's been kind of overhauled to be a home of pet cards and a little more underpowered, less X-powered combos. Kind of just wants to throw out zakama see what happens big smashy smash and on occasion there is a, a healthy amount of mana doublers in here um, to kind of allow magnus to sit back and watch chaos incur as we saw with eric playing heartbeat of spring in our um, plane chase sort of commander game that's kind of the chaos we're seeing from this current decklist of zakama that we were built and of course we will link the the original decklist in the um, episode description as well
1: yeah, so so that's sort of the picture of the current deck that Jeff threw out there, but uh, to go through some of the more specific cards, I, I just want to sort of walk through some of the categories that uh, Magnus has separated out here. So for Ramp, uh, he's running what appears to be a pretty traditional Ramp package, but focusing slightly on land enchantments, which seems to be a good plan, given that his commander untaps all his lands. Naya card advantage is a beast of its own in terms of how difficult <laughs> it is to get good card advantage, so... Uh, he's running a package that really focuses on having high-power creatures on board, uh, which I think is a great decision. And uh, then a couple of X spells, a couple of big mana spells that work well with the big mana package he's running of uh, perhaps every symmetrical mana doubler yeah, in the I, game. I, believe I that did is not every single check one. that.
2: <laughs> I think it's every think single it's all enchantment
1: of on a land that
2: uh, puts you up on mana, and every mana doubler is in this deck.
0: Does he have Heartbeat of Spring?
2: Yes, he does. does. His Heartbeat of Spring and Mana
1: Flare, both of the three mana ones, which are a little hot, but I like it. Those are spicy. Super interesting interaction package, which I'm sure many of us are going to talk about, with cards ranging from Silence to route to Obliterate, (laughs) (laughs) which some might call Obliterate Interaction. Some might call it a nuclear missile, but if that's not Interaction, I don't know what is.
0: We'll, We'll get there. We'll get there.
1: Pet cards is a super interesting list of cards to me that uh, sort of run across the gamut of combo pieces to just really cool, powerful, flavorful cards uh, to just large dinosaurs. And you got to respect a man who likes large dinosaurs. That's just, that's the way. Um, And then he's got a finisher category that's sort of separated out that is... A couple other combo pieces that didn't make it into the pet cards list. He doesn't love these quite as much, but they're they're necessary for the combos. Could you give us uh, and, some examples
2: uh, of those cards, Eric?
1: Just just so people who are unaware of Zakama and what it can do. Absolutely. So as Chev called out earlier, the main combo with Zakama is to bounce him and create infinite mana. So uh, in order to support the, in addition to the land Chev mentioned earlier, Sanctum of Eternity, uh, he also has Teemer Sabertooth as an engine to bounce it, which is has an activated ability of one and a green, return a creature to its owner's hand, Team or Sabretooth becomes indestructible, but that doesn't matter. What <laughs> matters is Zakama's back in your hand. And then the damage engine that goes alongside this is Sarkon's Unsealing. Of course, you can also clear everyone's board and gain infinite life with your infinite mana due to Zakama's just activated abilities, but Sarkon's Unsealing is, is the damage to players that's really important.
2: The meat and potatoes, some might say. Certainly. Also a good old Triumph of the Hordes too. Big fan of that one. Yeah, Triumph of the Horde's on a Zakama seems like a bold move to uh, quickly kill someone.
0: <laughs> I mean, you just, you go from 9 to 10 and that's, that's infected. And you, you, <laughs> yeah, it's game over.
1: <laughs> We're almost to the roast and right before we get there, I just want to say he's also got Chance for Glory as, as an extra turn spell just for that, that little spicy bit of risk of like, I'm going to take one more turn and then I'm going to go grab a beer. <laughs> 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 so one, one thing. To, to politely begin the, the flambe of this deck. Eric's going out. All right, let's hear it. Just just a super quick seer on both sides, get it out of the kitchen. I love the confidence behind this deck. <laughs> this deck just just speaks the confidence of a Naya mage and someone who's like, hell yeah, I'm going to swing and I'm going to hit him. They're not going to block me because they're afraid. And the So many cards in this deck. Do you like, see yourself in this deck, Eric? I, a little bit. But, like, Triumph of the Hordes, Overwhelming Stampede. There's a bunch of cards in here that really sell the idea of, like, well, no, they're not going to block. Like, they won't have creatures. I'm just going to punch them. And I got to question that idea. I think they will have creatures, and I think you might not just punch them. But I don't know your playgroup, so maybe they won't. And then the other thing that I wanted to say before I pass the mic, and I'm sure will come back to me, is, Magnus, listen to me. I'm going to hop on a plane. I'm going to come to your house. And I'm coming to take your guild gates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking your guild gates away. You can't have them anymore unless you build a mazes end deck. I will give them back to you if that happens. And I, I will give you the tap lands that give you a life when you play them.
2: Forget those. Put in the new cards from Strixhaven. The ones that tap for either color or tap four in them to scry. They're just better than the tap lands that gain a life. I think they're called the campuses.
1: The campuses are good. I was just thinking of cards that people are currently burning to stay warm, uh, that are that level of cheap. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to say, you don't got to play the guild gates, man. Put them away unless you really love them.
0: <laughs> I think a good place to start for this this overhaul and, and something I wanna I wanna preface is we don't know what competitiveness level or budget Magnus is operating at. So we are going to suggest things i think across the gambit nothing crazy 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 we're not going to be talking about Thassa's oracles obviously that wouldn't even be legal in this (laughs) deck um you know and we're also not playing popper um and we're not going to be talking about you know anything that's like 50 dollars or something crazy like that although i am notorious for not checking prices so maybe i'll suggest something and it'll just be like randomly 25 dollars. so magnus uh, obviously take all of this uh, as you will but i think the mana base is a good place to start um I agree with Eric that you're playing some suboptimal uh, dual lands, although I do really enjoy the amount of lands that Magnus is playing, specifically like the Ravnica Bounce Lands, that generate more than one mana. Mm-hmm. Um, because when Zakama uh, enters the battlefield, you untap all your lands. So if those lands generate more than one mana, you're up on mana theoretically, which is another reason why he's playing all of those um, like land enchantments like Wild Growth and stuff. Right. Uh, also, I, I guess maybe this needs saying, but I, I, you know you're... Your sort of staple package, your mo- which is mostly your interaction package. Um, erase, I would choose disenchant. Chaos warp is good. Lapse of certainty, I, I don't think so much so. Um, but of course, uh, tailor this to your playgroup. Uh, I see you have a Vandal Blast. Maybe there's a lot of uh, artifact things going on, but things like swords to plowshares, path to exile um, have become easier to come across these days. Uh, you know, beast within these sort of things. So depending on what sort of level of game you're looking for, uh, those are probably things that you want to upgrade in the meantime.
3: Julian, I, I agree with you on the erase aspect. The first thing I thought when I saw this card is that the rest of the people in this playgroup have to be running, like, the Theros gods as commanders. Like, all of them. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what other enchantments are you going to just exile, right? Like, you could just as easily slot in, like, Wear Tear in white, specifically, which has, like, the best removal spells in the game. So... Uh, You know, I I love Chaos Warp as much as the next guy. It's a very fun card, but in terms of uh, deck consistency, it seemed like it'd be uh, a much better idea to run, like, a Generous Gift, for example. Uh, Or like Beast Within. within. Um, Which, you know, it's the same amount of mana, and you know you're always getting rid of that thing, Uh, and... Nothing scarier is popping out yeah. of the deck, which I've had happen You're not
2: scared more. of 3-3 uh, three, three elephants?
3: <laughs> no. Not as much as uh, an Eldrazi Titan, which uh, has uh, happened you know. uh, uh, with me and Chev. be like, I want to get rid of that little mug, and then
2: Void Winter where it comes out, and I'm having a bad time. <laughs> so s- something here that I think is, is interesting to add about the, the removal package, but then kind of tying back to the lands, is we've got a bit of an issue with upgrades. Um, now there's not as many cobwebs as with a pre-tough love Joda, um, but I'm not seeing much in terms of attention after War of the Spark in terms of cards here, and so going back again to the Guild Gates to kind of hammer that home in in call time for example we saw the entire cycle of dual lands that enter tap that could be good for any sort of uh, ramp fixing and just better better cards here and with Commander Legends. Recently come out um, and Commander 20 with Deflecting Swat or Kedis if you're really trying to kill people with Zakama. Or Chroma's Will just to literally destroy someone with Zakama and uh, Commander damage or something like that. Not including any of these cards. Um, maybe that's because there's not a clear direction um, that we see the deck going. So it's hard to kind of pick which upgrades you want to do. But I, I've got to hear some reasons why these newer cards aren't showing up in the deck. Um, because there's a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of stuff that's become a lot cheaper in recent years that you could slot in with minimal monetary investment but maximum game um, upgrade-ness.
1: Yeah, while we're still on interaction, I want to throw out just two cards. Uh, sorry, it's got to be three. Silence. That is a that is a card for a combo deck. Magnus, you have specifically indicated that you, you don't really want this to be a dedicated combo deck. Stop running Silence. It's it's never a good in-the-moment thing, so you do it at the start of your turn to say no one's allowed to touch what I'm about to do, and there are cards that just do that better. Grand Abolisher is too expensive, so let me hit you with a suggestion that's much more similar to your four-and-a-half mana-mana curve, uh, Dragonlord Dramica. (laughs) Still aren't allowed to cast spells on (laughs) that. Legend. It's like a dino, it just has wings. Also, there are other counter spells and removal pieces you can run, like uh, Red Elemental Blast, Pyroblast, super good spells that... Don't quite hit the same niche, but are similar. Speaking of four and a half mana mana curve, Slaughter is strong in a deck about having the largest creatures on the board. Can you tell me why? You're like, I would like to kill all of my creatures, but everyone else gets to keep their mana dorks and or their medium to small commanders. I just, Magnus, I just want
0: to talk. (laughs) I I will say it's looking like he's got quite a few uh, Ixalan cards in here. There's Mm -hmm. in in the pet cards in the pet cards, aka the 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 giant like aircraft carrier creatures, uh, he's got quite a few dinosaurs. So I'm wondering if if uh, Magnus just opened a lot of Ixalan and he was like, "I just want to play these cards." But yeah, obviously, uh, like like we said, you know, Wrath of God exists and it's it's not expensive by any means. There there are upgrades to be made there. Um, I, I just got to say this because it's, it's right under of the Strong. Just take that Obliterate out of here. It's this is not even a suggestion. Just get that thing out of here. <laughs> that
1: was the third card I wanted to talk to him about.
2: <laughs> if you're going for a thematic, throw in a meteor storm or whatever the Ixalan what is of like the, the meteors coming down to um destroy the dinos. Starve extinction. Yo. Yeah, Starve Extinction.
0: The thing with Obliterate is unless you're gonna cast Obliterate and just be like, okay, no one has no one has anything, so they can't do anything, and it, now I'm just going to win.
1: Or or like obliterate heroic intervention
0: go for that. You you basically just have to win like immediately after you cast obliterate. And that sh- costs 8 mana. There's just so many other things that you can do that you're just like I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to immediately win. Like there's just better ways to do it. And I'm assuming you don't want
2: to reach that sort of power level anyway. So, I've got one more thing I'd like to I'd like to add. And it's more of a as opposed to individual cards, it's about direction. And I think I think hopefully our upgrades will kind of cover, you know, various ways to take this, but one of the the hardest ways Hardest things about evaluating this deck was we can't really tell what's going on besides the game-winning combo. Uh, for example, what it's, what it's actually trying to do the rest of the time when Zakama isn't out with on unsealing. And so, you know, you've, you've got the mana doublers in there for a little bit of chaos. You've got the dinosaurs in there, but not really enough to be dinosaur tribal. And so looking at this, it really made me think you've got Zakama, but the, the backup has the consistency of a pre-con. And I think while depowering a deck is uh, definitely something worth doing, and I do it all the time, uh, but I think you can be a little more consistent even at that lower power level, or at least have one thematic thing that carries through the entire deck, uh, so we can really tell, you know, what what's going on. And this isn't the take deck outside and you know nothing there quite made sense, but this is more Stop like your friendly, about deck. your friendly your uh, friendly guidance counselor or the the family member that comes around at the holidays and sits big uh, Zach daddy down and says, you know, what, what are you trying to do with your life? Like wh- what are your goals? Because Get it's not really track. clear what you're doing. You're, it's kind of like the, you know, Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to become a professional gamer when I grow up or, and then, and then six months later it changes your mind and no one's really sure where you're, where you're going. Chev, I one don't
0: appreciate you stealing my segues because that's basically what I was going to go. But yeah, I think <laughs> th- what I immediately identified with this deck and what I think everyone has, I mean, immediately identified was this deck needs either a theme or goal. Now that I've been brewing decks for a long time and, you know, and I've kind of found my stride, that's a, when, when I start to go a deck, I'm like, I either have a theme or a goal. So, and I just want to lay this out so that people who are listening and understand exactly what we're talking about. A theme is, uh, things like dino tribal, right? This is an Ixalan commander deck. There's so many dinosaurs, so many big dinosaurs. Magnus already has several dinosaurs in there. He could do a dinosaur tribal deck. Um, he already sort of had a expel sort of theme thing. He was saying he was, you know, playing big cards like Rolling Thunder and stuff from generating all that mana. Uh, these are examples of themes. Uh, things like goals. Uh, you could do something where you want to take everyone out in one turn. That kind of feeds into the X-Bells thing where you're like, I want to generate a ludicrous amount of mana and just, then just cast like a Comet Storm, multi-kicked. Just take everyone out. Uh, Generate infinite mana. You know, do whatever. This Commander is Commander kind of,
1: damage, I would even say. Yeah. It's like a goal.
0: Yeah, a goal, yeah. Che- Chev has talked about sort of adding like mini uh, like achievements almost, if we're talking in the video game space, within his desk. I think this deck needs uh, one or both of those things to kind of just focus it um, and make it feel less like just a pile of cards that Magnus likes um, and give it a little bit more purpose. So do you guys have any ideas on where you would take this, What, how you would uh, kind of...
1: I, I mean, I think the place to start there is the finishers. Like if, if you're going to start with the deck needs a goal... You start with the finishers, because the goal is how you finish the game. To sort of really quickly go back to how I started this, this finishers package has the confidence of a Naya mage. And you would know. If you're casting Chance of Glory, if you're like, Mage Slayer is how I'm ending this game, that means you think no one is going to remove Mage Slayer as you, not slowly, but not quickly, beat everyone individually at the table to death. Chance for Glory. You have one turn. You do not have, uh, what is it, the clock that lets you, like, skip your end step and, like, skip cleanup items. uh, Yeah, or, like, Angel's Grace. Or, like, Angel's Grace or anything that lets you sort of, like, save that turn. You only have one combo piece for damage in here with Zakami. You could gain infinite life, but that's not the end of the game still. And then Triumph of the Hordes and Overwhelming Stampede, your mana curve is four and a half mana. You, mm-hmm. like... All of your creatures are big and thick and expensive, and so Triumph of the Hordes works best in a tokens deck that goes super wide, and it's really tough to block that many things with Infect. And then Overwhelming Stampede, same thing. You want at least one big creature, but a lot of small things to get the benefit. And, and that's just not what this deck is. I, w- I would love to see this Finisher's Package taken in one of a couple different directions. And part of this is, I think you need, like, we need to talk about combos. I think you need to either accept that you have combos in your deck, and commit to them and say, you know what, this is going to be a combo deck. It's going to be an inconsistent combo deck, and that's fine. I'll, I'll just play Naya Control, last until I draw a combo, and then combo for the win. But you didn't really like that style of game plan, so I think I'm going to steer away from that with my advice. I much prefer the idea of committing to, hey, you have a 9-mana commander that untaps all your lands. So you're pretty rich in mana. And you've got a lot of these uh, mana doublers. There's a ton of things that give you more combat steps they're usually prohibitively expensive due to mana cost and you have solved that second problem so if you put in additional combat steps it's not infinite and you'll use a bunch of different cards to get to the end because you're swinging with different creatures every time and the enabler is similar but it doesn't even have to be the same because there's sort of a wide variety of that kind of way to win um and It'll make your individual turns feel more meaningful because, you know, if you chunk in for, uh, you know, 10 damage this turn, when you draw your extra combat step next turn, that's 10 damage already on the board. That's that's another step towards winning. And then additionally, I just happened on a weird kind of card, and I, I it works really well in Naya. There's cards Boris Reckoner, uh, Stuffy Ooh, Doll, yeah, yeah. and Spite Mare that all deal damage to your opponents when they take damage. Those paired with cards like Chain Reaction and Blasphemous Act a brash taunter can do, too. and Brash Taunter can all do huge damage. Uh, if you pair those with cards like Vigor, cards like Heroic Intervention, you can make them indestructible and just keep beating the hell out of them or shooting them with Zakama for three damage and just make huge plays with those. So those are that's a kind of card that I think would be super cool to investigate. Another fun stuff.
2: reason to include Star of Extinction, because I
1: think that does 20
2: damage to each creature
1: yeah that would be with
2: that and just smack
0: honestly my favorite part about star of extinction is that it also just destroys target land so you can be like okay yeah i'm gonna like deal a million damage to everyone
2: and kill all your creatures but also that ancient tomb's gotta go (laughs) that temple the false god you got like
0: let's get that out of here
2: so uh, uh personally for me i i think as opposed to going to the the um the combo route or including those creatures, I had a, a bit of a different idea. And it's, it's mostly because of this one line that Magnus included in his email, uh, specifically about the symmetric mana doublers. And that was, I even sometimes just for the heck of it, play some of my symmetrical mana doublers and lean back and watch the madness unfold. And as a personal fan of just sheer <laughs> chaos, I love that idea. So, so just hear me out. Dino politics. You've got Zakama showing up in a suit and tie, is ready like to a court? sling some stuff going on. And you still have the dino gang with Sanctum of Eternity and um, maybe Sarkhan's unsealing, unveiling. I don't know, dinos or unsealing. dragons. Unsealing. Unvealing is definitely not Unwhe- unveiling. word. <laughs> uh, t- Unvealing. I got too much of
0: this veal. Let me just unveil.
2: So you, you've still got that in the background, like just in case you need to pull something off. And because we're going to be generating a lot of mana. But I think we could really lean into that sort of symmetrical Effects, But with a little more benefit to you. And especially with what we've seen in Strixhaven and Commander 21 and Commander uh, Legends recently, we've had a lot of effects that play into this sort of space a little bit. Uh, Root Weaver Druid from Commander Legends enters the battlefield. All opponents search for three basics and you get one of them. Um, They have to give you one of them. So in a four person pod they're ramping two you're ramping three and it's all lands and that's going to help you get to out faster and increase the number of lands you get to untap with him most likely. So you get to keep your friends you get to keep going and that kind of leans into the two cycles we see from Strixhaven and Commander 21 one of which is the demonstrate mechanic which is on sorceries and instants where it's a over effect like destroy a non-land permanent or return a card from the graveyard. Uh, to your hand, but you can copy it and then choose to give an opponent one of those copies. So the, the white one is four mana, destroy, non land permanent, uh, its controller gets two treasures. And so you can do that twice. You can team up with someone and kind of play this more politicky game, but instead of the effects that's kind of, you know, um, creatures enter tapped or smothering tithe. These effects that are kind of a little more hated in terms of the politicky sense. Here you're just getting to do the fun things and increase the chaos because everyone's just doing more and interacting. And you get to see kind of that that meta level of gameplay between the players as opposed to just what's on the board. Um, The other cycle we have uh, from Strixhaven is the Mastery Cycle. Which is a bunch of sorceries and instants that cost less if you do an effect with your own opponent. Um, For example, the, the green one is you get to search your library for four mana, you get to search your library for four lands, two go to you and into play, one goes into your hand, and the other you give to an opponent. Uh, Or you can cast it, I think, for six to get two to yourself and two to the hand really cool effect and you can kind of you know help out the person who doesn't have enough lands yet and still play this kind of game like the mana doublers where you're giving everyone a little bit something you definitely benefit the most because you have the largest things most likely uh, but you kind of get to play this game and see how other people's decks unfold because i know that's another way that or another reason people really like these sort of group hug styles is because you get to see what the other decks are capable of when they're really powered on all cylinders. And so allow yourself to do that, and then at the end of the day, you still get to wipe the board with a giant dino, um, but it's a more like interesting sort of line of play. There's a ton of other things. If you check out the Commander 2016 precon, that was everything but black, you'll see a lot of these cards in there that kind of help everyone in a certain way, but you the most. Uh, and one of the more recent ones from Commander 2018, the last card I'll mention, Pendant of Prosperity, uh, you, you give this artifact to an opponent, they can tap it to put a land down from their hand and draw a card and then you get to as well. So no matter what, if someone is benefiting, you are too. And at least this really interesting style of gameplay, you don't see a lot with a
1: giant dinosaur in the command zone. I think that uh, the the package I suggested at the end of my pitch there could actually fit really well in that Ooh. deck of like, yeah, no, we're having a great time. We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> but like, if you attack me, I do have a brash taunter. Please stay five feet away, sir. Social distancing. <laughs>
2: We all get to have fun, but you know, you try and take it from me, you're gonna die. It's a very Julian style of play, I think. Well, you know, actually,
0: Chev, I, I, I thought up a few different sort of half baked routes for for how this could go, but I, I wanted to actually skip to my most recent and most uh, peak. What are you doing? Uh, because it's kind of the it's kind of the opposite of what you're suggesting. You're suggesting this kind of political. Um, all the fun cards, you know, like the will of the council cards, all the assist cards, all these things that they made for multiplayer formats, but I'm kind of leading into that sort of, uh, group slug, uh, territory. And this is the, uh, this is what I want to call the, the, uh, Godzilla upgrade path. Um, it's basically all about just blasting as many things with Zakama. So, first of all, we want to be using uh, Zakama's deal three damage to target creature and also destroy target artifact or enchantment. Because, you know, Godzilla, he's just throwing that nuke breath all over the place. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter. Things like Illusionist Bracers, and also there is a new uh, equipment from uh, the red C21. One? That's yeah, yeah. The, re- the red one. Both of those double up on your activated abilities. So now all of a sudden you're doing six damage or whatever. Stryonic Resonator is going to double up on those activated abilities. Rings of Bright Hearth. These are more, uh, slightly more extensive cards, so, you know,
1: Rings do is pretty will, cheap nowadays. Uh also it, I guess I don't think Stryonic and Rings do the same thing. Are they triggered abilities versus activated one, abilities? One of them's triggered. That's probably
0: That's rings. Stryonic. It might it might, it might oh, be rings. Eh, I thought mind. rings did activated <laughs> as
1: well. I think rings is activated and stryonic is triggered. But you can double your untaps with stryonic, which is sick.
0: That as well. Also should play things like Zerta the Dawn Waker, Cast Favorite. Watch that video. So good. So good. Chev's know Chev knows what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> That uh, makes all your activated abilities cost two generic less, so now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're literally getting Lightning Bolt and you're literally getting Nature's Claim, um, as well as Heartstone, which makes all activated abilities cost one less. So basically put in a package of all these things that allow you to double up on your activations and uh, cheapen your activations so you can do them as much as possible, which also, of course, helps with your untapping your lands. And then play things like Fire Emancipation and Furnace of Wrath and Torbrain, Th- Torbrand Thane of Redfell, and all these things that just make everything deal gobloads more damage than normal, uh, and just kind of a, uh, just you know, just spray everything and watch everyone kind of hit each other. Um, the uh, the Carter uh, Doomscourge uh, Year of Brew that I did was basically just you know, play as much things to make people lose life as fast as possible, and then make them hit each other. This is just a more kind of a direct approach where make everyone hit each other and also just make sure that they don't have things because you're Godzilla and you're going pew pew. But this also just, you know, obviously works super well if everyone's getting a double or triple mana, whatever, because you're playing all these things. One thing I noticed too, last last, par- last part of this little thing, um, Mirari's Wake, a little bit more expensive, but very good mana doubler, only works for you. Also pumps a comma to a 10-10, so that's just making him easier to get that, that, that two-hit kill. Uh, also, Zendikar Resurgent doubles all your mana, and if you're doing things like with Sanctum of Eternity and you're playing Zakama over and over and over again, draws you a card whenever you cast a creature spell. Or maybe it's ETB, I forget. But, so you can draw through your deck and get uh, answers.
2: Or that there. new or that new card from Theros uh, Beyond Death, the uh, Bloom Ancient, makes everything tap for three times as much. Would also be a pretty cool include. Um, and be a little bit more brittle sure. if you're worried about power level at this point. Since it is on a creature as opposed to an enchantment,
0: that that is a, a a a big beefy mythic rare. That that sounds like it would fit in a Magnus's pet
1: selection. <laughs> my man's got confidence. That thing will survive. <laughs> anyway, Oak, how do you want this deck to win?
3: Well, um, you know, I think my idea for the direction this deck could be taken uh, definitely falls, uh, probably mostly in line with Julian's. Um, when I'm thinking of a big, like, huge, huge mana commander with three activated abilities that taps my or untaps all my lands as it enters the battlefield i want to make that creature into sort of like my my command zone or my c- uh command center <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah. like I, I want it to be uh like the center of like a toolbox deck and Z- and zakama you know like you could you could argue that he sort of has like an answer for any uh situation really he can destroy creatures he can gain your life he can destroy art- artifacts and enchantments what more could you ask for? Destroying the lands. more
0: fun Kenrith. I don't want that.
1: Yes. So Yeah, pretty much exactly. <laughs> I'm
0: pretty sure he just stomps on Kenrith. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of my suggestions was going to be having uh, Zerda in that deck. Uh, now you could definitely go the route of making Zerda your companion. That would be sick uh, because Zerda and Zakima together are it would just be a busted combo. To match have out. made in hell. Yeah. Yes, and that was definitely inspired by uh, flashbacks of me playing against a Zerda and Kenrith deck in yep. uh, Brawl. I was going to say the same
2: thing when Julian said it. Th- those decks were terrifying. Oh my Horrible. god. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and just being able to, like, pay one mana to, to you know, bolt anything or, like, destroy any champion, or just gain three life, like, you're just gonna gain an insurmountable amount of life uh, with that. Um, the one thing, I guess Zach, I really just don't even know how to pronounce it. Zakama? Zakama?
2: Just make Zekama. a T-Rex sound instead of the name each time. Uh, then... uh, it's a German uh, talking uh, about that. commas. One thing, <laughs> Zakama's... <laughs> there it
3: is. Sorry. The one thing, uh, Zakama's abilities don't really cover is uh, destroying players. And like Eric mentioned, uh, getting cards like Stuffy Doll and Brash Taunter in there uh, sort of allow you to overcome this by essentially making, uh, you know, when they're out they make uh, Zakama's third
2: ability able to hit players as well. Especially with Brash Taunter too, just have it hit Zakama and then that's dealing 9 damage each time. Because like, once a Brash Taunter's out and you have your own target for it like, that's a perfect world.
3: Brash Taunter is just such a good card in general, too.
2: Like, I've been playing it in every deck. Recently. Why is it indestructible? Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, I do know. That's, that's
1: It's so the effect makes sense. But I hate it.
2: Source it's plowshares.
1: <laughs> also, like, if you put Brash Taunter in here, Chance for Glory makes twice as much sense. Same with Mage Slayer, I think. Because now, Zakama swings, you get a Mage Slayer trigger you get a Brash Taunter trigger that's three times whatever Zakama's power is in damage, and then you cast Chance for Glory, and you're like, I'm going to do it again. And everyone's like, actually, I think I'll die.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just sort of a side suggestion. I know we're we're mentioning adding in a lot of creatures. Um, Maybe you could take, like, Wart out for one of these. I I feel like Wart doesn't really
1: synergize with what's going on for the most part in this deck. Um, And I kind of just noticed him slotted in there with all the creatures. Same with Vexing Shusher and Magus of the Candelabra IMO. Well,
2: Magus is kind of good for the land synergies.
1: I know it's good for the land synergies, but like if you have doubled mana out and you're like, I need Magus <laughs> of the Candelabra to have enough mana to do what I want, something's wrong. <laughs> I will say though, Wart,
0: even though she's overcosted, if you had more cheap creatures to conspire, being able to conspire a bunch of your ramp spells is pretty sweet as well. This is true, but I yeah I agree. I would probably take those cards out.
2: If you're at six mana, you're probably not needing to ramp every turn either. Dude, a nine mana commander? I mean, yeah, I, I think there's enough things in there. We've got thirty-seven lands. We've got like every land enchantment known to man. I we've got mana doublers. Like, I don't know. I I guess I'd I'd love to run a few test hands back of this to see like actually how much ramp is an issue. But I don't I don't know, like co- coming from a ten mana commander. I, I don't think... I think he's got everything working for him. Um, yeah, so the final part
3: of this sort of build around where uh, Zakama is your main man and you're using him to like answer any situation or like threat that appears on the board is protection. So there are a lot of different ways you can go about this. Like Eric mentioned, heroic intervention, classic. Something I like to do a lot is play like weenies that are good at protecting things like Mother of Runes, Giver of Runes, and of course, Selfless Spirit. Um, I hate that card. (laughs) Yep, I know, I know. Um, But beyond that, I'm I'm here to give you some secret Oak tech. So awesome, awesome, unique protection spells. The the broader category here is uh, spells that redirect uh, targeted removal. The the example I think of for this immediately is Bolt Bend, because it's four mana, uh, one red and three generic, and you get a discount of three if you have... A creature of with power four or greater out on the battlefield which you probably will with this deck um also it its abilities so what spells like this do is you know if you read it it's just uh change the targets of target spell or ability now this is great because you know if someone tries to like swords your creature you could just redirect it to something else um but what i think makes it better than a lot of protection spells like uh Selfless Spirit, for example, um, is that it can also protect you against counter spells, uh, believe it or not. So you don't pick the new targets for the whatever spell you're targeting with the redirect until the redirect spell resolves. So you can choose (laughs) the counter spell to target your redirect spell, which uh, as opposed to like, you know, the Zakama that it would otherwise be countering. Um, So I I believe you can also choose
1: the counter spell to target itself, which is... Just as funny.
3: Yeah, essentially, it just fizzles the counterspell, which is awesome.
1: I really love that. Get out of here. So, uh, there's one more
3: category of things I'd like to touch on briefly. I believe you had mentioned uh, something about the con- the consistency of the deck. Consistency in his deck is something that makes it better um, and more enjoyable to play, and more enjoyable to play against as well. It's not the same, really, as like powering it up. But when you're not playing heavy combo, I think tutors can be a really fun little like toolbox option. Uh, For example, if you've read one of the, like, two articles i posted on (laughs) the Hexfinger's website, (laughs) uh, you'll know that uh, a card like Eld... Oh, well, I always pronounce this wrong. Eldamary's Call for, like, a Mana Dork can be just as efficient as playing, like, a Mana Geode, essentially. But the important thing is that it's not a... uh, just a dead draw in in the late game. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of the Enchantment Ramp. Uh, I, I think... A lot of uh, your land enchantments would be better off uh, as some some sort of uh, ramp that fetches lands out of your library, and the reason for this is because um, as you do this, you thin your deck of lands, which improves your draws drastically in the late game. And the same is true for uh, fetch lands as well, just of any sort. Like it doesn't it doesn't even have to be like the you know pay one mana fetch. Yeah, yeah. evolving
2: wilds, terramorphic expanse. Exactly. Those. Yeah. Ash Barons. The, the I old I think he fetches. is running them.
1: What about the uh, the taps? Are those in there? He's got one of the tap fetches, but I don't think he. Those are
0: seen. a big move. Those Mirage tap fetches. Those are a big move. Underplayed cards.
3: And the final thing I'm I'm gonna throw in there just to suggest uh, Naya Charm. Or, you know, or I'm sorry, I guess more broadly, take advantage of all the colors you're playing. Uh, and I think a great example of this is Naya Charm, which is just a really. Uh, Uh, flexible card. It can be a regrowth. It can kill your opponent's small, annoying Hepatra that keeps uh, putting minus one, minus ones on your creature. Or if you, um, you know, like Eric was saying, uh, if you want to, you have the confidence of a Naya Mage in this deck uh, where you think your opponents won't block. How about you force them not to block by just tapping down all their creatures with that uh, third, you know, modal ability on Naya Charm.
1: Yeah, Oak, I agree with all those points, and I, I was actually going to get to card advantage later, so I think I'm going to get to that right now. But I do want to clarify, Magnus, when I say I've, you've got the confidence of a Naya Mage, so do I. That is not an insult. I got a re- lot of respect for it. I love a deck that's like, I'm going to work, I don't care. Like, it, it's just, I'm going to make it happen. And I, I love that. But to, to talk about your card advantage, I kind of agree with Oak that it's it's kind of a suspect package you're running, and you're kind of ignoring some key elements of, like, card advantage and how to get it. Red just has a ton of super cheap loot effects that I think are, would be great in this deck to just sort of filter through some of the weaker cards or some of the dead draws that might come up later. Once, you're, once you have a mana doubler out, maybe even you have two because you have eight mana doublers in this deck, if you draw another one, that's not helpful. That's not advancing your game plan. Sure, is a, a great mana sink, but you already have so much that it's, maybe it's just not that helpful anymore, so red loot effects I think are really powerful. And then you've got all these, like, big, badass creatures. Put some of the white recursion in there. Like, that's card advantage, too. To to say, like, you know what, I'm just going to get back these powerful cards. You've dealt with them once, but can you do it again? Can you uh, give some examples of those white recursion spells, Eric? Uh, yeah, so... Karma Guide.
3: Reconstruct History. Sorry, I love this card so much. Uh, From the most recent set, gets you back, I mean, like, like yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of... Or everything. Yeah, it's pretty much one of everything. I'll have one of everything. <laughs> Except for
0: creatures, notably. It does not get a creature back.
1: There's also just like the original, just like I think it's like two and two white, like Regrowth? resurrect, like just Oh or, or reanimate
2: or yep. whatever. Yeah, resurrect's good. Regrowth is good for resurrect. just those like green effects. Green has a lot. Something, of course, you know, if you're deciding that political is the way to go. Skullwinder, another
1: solid oh, card. Love me some skullwinder. Mm-hmm. That card got yeeted out of Jota, so...
2: Yeah,
0: we told Eric to take that card out, but Magnus, you (laughs) should put that card in if you want to go the more political route.
1: Um, If you're looking for some cheaper options that do some cool stuff... uh, Oh, this actually would work great with your deck. Defy Death, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. If it's an angel, which you've got a couple of, put two 1-1 counters on it. People usually hate dealing with a uh, Gisela Blade of Gold Knight, but what about a 7-7, Gisela? Is that is that more fun? Yes it is. <laughs> um,
0: sounds great to me.
1: So yeah, there's a bunch of different like white reanimation spells that just take a creature from your graveyard, put them onto the battlefield. Uh it's a big theme of white and uh honestly, if you wanted to get some really crazy stuff with uh maybe you maybe you're dead set on keeping that obliterate in there. You got that card, you want to own it. Second Sunrise. I cast obliterate. I'm going to float to white and any mana I'm going to cast second sunrise. I'll take everything back, please. That's terrifying. I hate that. I like it. <laughs> there's just a lot of cool stuff you can get up to, but uh, I want to go back to your creatures super quickly. And then I'll, I'll probably pass the mic for the final time for me. Ulamog the infinite gyre. Stop. Get some help. I don't know. I think he's onto something. You know, I, I think there's,
2: <laughs> I think there's something great about anyone who runs Eldrazi, specifically, specifically Ulamog, clearly has class. You know that's that's what I've come to realize from people who play Eldrazi.
0: This goes back to having a goal and having a theme. If you want to do Dinosaur Tribal, commit to Dinosaur Tribal. If you want to be a scumbag and do Eldrazi Tribal, I mean, you got the mana, so just commit to it and just run all the Titans. But you know, it just pros and cons with everything. Uh, Eldrazi Tribal comes with a, a severe loss of dignity, basically. It, it, so you gotta you gotta weigh that.
1: And also, these guys were harping on me for it when I built the Jota deck, and and you know. I know that you listened to that podcast, you said it was sort of an inspiration and like you felt some some kindred spirit energy with that deck. I feel some kindred spirit energy on this item. I had access to all five colors of mana and I still managed to mess the, my deck up with some Eldrazi. You've still got access to three and it's the coolest three. It's the three that are about big creatures. There's just so much good stuff. Put uh, there's Kozilek, there's Ulamog, there's Emrakul, Jeff, get there's off Void Winnower, like the get options are it. endless. Allow me to sell you on mewing of Life's Web. It's a 9-mana 8-8, eight eight, which is great. And then you just put any number of creatures you want from your hand into the battlefield. Just absolutely tool on them. I got a good one for Naya specifically. Uh, you should run Godsire.
3: It is an 8-mana eight 8-8 eight eight with Vigilance. I think you can tap to put an 8-8 eight eight beast
2: into uh, play. It's pretty solid yeah. Amount. I, I, love, I really love that. Game. Something that I, I think would be super cool, just as kind of a one-off, like if if you if someone walks away from this having a, a giant creature that, or, well, specifically Zakama because of the combo where you can keep bouncing it and untap the land for big X spells, if you dropped a Warstorm Surge in here or like an Impact Tremors where you benefit from these creatures hitting the battlefield constantly over and over, that would be, that would pay you back in spades. And especially the the larger, the War Storm Surge of just being able to get that massive amount of damage each turn. That would be super useful. And then with God Sire as well, you're just hitting the board with eight damage each time.
3: Sorry, I think he mentioned that he had that in there before and
1: he kind oh, of got always tired of getting. the same. Yeah, War Storm Surge specifically. Yes,
0: he he did say that he
1: took War Storm Surge. I, did, I must have missed that. Uh, but anyway, where, where Ancients Tread is another fun version of that card, if you aren't Magnus and are listening to this. <laughs> uh, where Ancients Tread only works with big, uh, with big creatures specifically. One final thing I wanted to throw out there. Don't think I didn't see Polyraptor and Forerunner of the Empire. Don't think I missed that. I'm, I'm the combo player. I, I see what you're doing, Magnus. Can you walk us through the combo, Eric, for people who might be interested in degeneracy? Yeah, sure. So Forerunner of the Empire tutors up a dinosaur to your hand, and whenever a dinosaur enters the battlefield battlefield, uh, deals one damage to everything. Um, Polyraptor, whenever it takes damage, it makes a clone of itself. Play Polyraptor, Forerunner of the Empire, deals one damage to everything. Polyraptor clones itself. Dinosaur in the battlefield, Forerunner of the Empire deals one damage to anything. Both Polyraptors clone themselves. Things get out of hand very quickly. Throw in any kind of indestructible like resistance, and then any damage effect that hits players, and you've got a damage win. But you've got to you've got to have one some way to stop the combo,
2: right? Like if those two pieces are out. It just infinitely triggers, and so, like, you need to be able to put a hold on it,
0: I would think. Well, four under the Empire will die, because it deals one to each creature.
1: Oh, true, okay. Uh, In theory, I think it stops with one polyraptor, two, four, I think it stops at eight polyraptors, naturally, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But at the same time, I think we can get cooler. I don't know, eight five fives is interesting, but, like, I would rather see these two cards replaced with some more pet cards that do some really crazy stuff. Um, in part because I'm advocating that you put a lot of things that make things indestructible and offer that kind of protection in this deck, and then you'll just have Polyraptor combo in here, and I, I I don't want to force you back down the combo road. <laughs> if you want to go, I'm not stopping you.
0: But listen, if if you want to go down the combo road, you can you can send another email direct directly to Eric. He'll respond. He'll give you the whole lowdown. But... And
2: that's true for everyone. If you're listening and also want this kind of treatment for your deck, especially if you're a listener who doesn't have a Zakama deck and is wondering why we're spending so long talking about it, you can always reach out with your own deck list, and we will give you the same treatment. But if they're combos, send them to Eric, because he will teach you the
1: degenerate ways. Uh, I'm also happy to uh, force these gentlemen to, to, to play some more CDH <laughs> and learn some more about, <laughs> about the true depths of degeneracy.
0: I'm I'm open to it. All right. Uh, I'm also open to anyone. D- does anyone else have anything to say? Cause I just had like one other blurb. I wanted to keep it quick and then I figured we'd wrap it up. But if no, dino politicians, put them in a suit. Er- Eric early was talking about player removal. And I think that he didn't, uh, go down that path enough, I think you could easily make this a Voltron deck. Um, I, I mean, I just immediately saw Mage Slayer, and I was just like, oh, so we're, we're like, really punching faces. Um, yeah, I think you could do this big Voltron deck. Uh, Zakama's already at 9, so you need to literally pump him by 2 power, and then he's a double strike kill. Um, also, if you're doing anything that generates a bunch of mana, you can just kind of, like, use his ability to shoot all the blockers, or just use a Rogue's Passage, get him in, boom, easy. But, Chev told me that he was, like, Oh, he's got all these mana doublers. He's doing like this political thing. I was like, all right, we're going to generate a bunch of mana and just kind of like be political, just be like chilling. I was like, what if we do alternate win cons? And I immediately thought Helix Pinnacle could be pretty cool. You do got a lot of mana. We're gaining a lot of life. You could do something like Felidor Sovereign or Test of Endurance, which you win the game on your upkeep at 40 and 50 life, respectively. Um, Approach of the Second Son, I'm a sucker for, but that's not. People don't like that as much. Um, or if you just want to get big, Eric is is particular to Miles Aria, which Ooh, uh, love it. There's there's definitely ways to get the pumps in and, and achieve that proper win. So um, and that's another thing where you can just include like one or two of these cards in and just play the deck like normal. And then like Eric said, sometimes you just stumble on your alternate win condition and you either achieve it or you don't. Just like you you know you stumble upon your combo or not, um, which I think you know, it demands much less building around than the other things that we've talked about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't love a lot about alternate win cons, but one thing that I do like about them is that if people know that they're in your deck, it, it's sort of a looming threat, but it's much more interactable than combo is. If you play Miles Aria, first off, everyone has known it's in your deck. If they see you're really stacking up on one creature, they can start to think, okay, maybe he's got Miles Aria in his hand. We need to deal with that creature. Even if it's not attacking, it is a threat. Beyond that, once it comes down, everyone has a full turn to respond. So it can feel a lot better than, I'm going to cast Silence, I'm going to cast Saber Sabertooth, I'm going to cast Zakama, I win the game. There's a little more buildup. And, like, Helix Pinnacle is the definition of buildup. Uh, admittedly, it's an enchantment with Shroud, so sometimes that's a little tough to interact with, but... Uh...
0: But you need a hundred counters. Here's another thing that I literally just thought of so much of what we've been talking about focuses around Zakama and the fact that like he's necessary either to shoot things with his abilities or generate a lot of mana or uh, attack and punch people in the face. Where is your protection? There's not a lightning greaves or a foot foot boots in sight. Like just get, get, you have a nine mana commander. It's, it's a whole, you're climbing a whole mountain just to be able to cast this man. Uh, you know, God forbid he immediately gets probably killed. at least three Countered. mountains actually. What, yeah, whatever, <laughs> probably, probably at least. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, well, I mean, they're not they're not mil- they're not mountains if they're Gildiates, God. But you need to protect the large, scary boy because, unfortunately, a Swords of Plowshares hits him just as hard as it hits you know a, a random three-three. So I would I would definitely put some interaction or some protection in there because uh, it does not feel good to have to cast your uh, commander when he
1: costs thirteen mana, even if you've been ramping a bunch. Can confirm, uh, Julian. I saw this in your notes. Have you considered switching to Moxfield? Um. A much prettier deck building site just a suggestion
0: <laughs> and and if you do you should follow the hex shrinkers so that you can see all of our deck lists there
2: but this just goes for you know it's it's 2021 going nerd for a minute um react and other tools to make pretty websites have been out there for ages so as much as it pained us all as a group of hex drinkers last year to say goodbye to tapped out after probably six seven long years it's a beautiful site i love it but we've got things like architect we've got scryfall we've got moxfield all these more modern solutions that give you a lot of the same insight and tools as deckstats does but they're a lot more user-friendly and a lot more discoverable if you're looking for people to provide feedback on your decks in general. And that, that goes for, for everybody out there listening. Um, th- these, these modern tools are just a lot prettier to deal with as well and help you kind of keep up with uh, modern times and not go to the 90s. Does, does that about cover, cover everyone? Because I would close it out with comments about um, how other people could benefit from this besides Magnus.
1: Well, first I want to say thank you, Magnus.
2: Big facts mm-hmm. Made our day. I want to say you got a really cool name. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. I hope we've been saying it right, by the way, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, we've, because... we've used it a lot.
2: <laughs> One of the things uh, Magnus told us in the email is he he bet we couldn't say it right. So, uh, if we didn't, it's going to be a brutal episode to sit through. So, yeah, I think, I think that about wraps up all we've got for Zakama, the giant dino. I hope that for those of you out there listening who don't run a giant dino in the command zone, a lot of this was still helpful. We tried to cover Um, A lot of the different sort of synergies and stuff within the Naya sphere as a whole or different paths you could go down with a commander that's just a big beefcake. Um, So a lot of these strategies can kind of be carried over, even if they were seen through the lens of uh, Sakama. And obviously, you know, if you have any decks that you would like to get the same treatment or ones that follow a different sort of path and you want to see how we'd explore that, of course, reach out. We're always listening.
0: Even if you don't want the full treatment, even if you just say, hey, I'm considering XYZ card or... I think this would be a cool path for, you know, XYZ Commander. We'd love to talk. Chev, would you would you tell them how they can talk to us? Because obviously we're not uh, it's not like we're going, you know, down to the LGS to hang out. So uh, how can they get in touch with us?
2: That's true. If you're looking to get in touch with the Hex Drinkers, you need to find a small rodent, um, preferably a rat. You need to bring it to a stone circle around midnight on All Hallows' Eve. Uh, chant and offer its soul to the gods of darkness. And then I think Julian appears. Whoever's on call. Um, sometimes he takes a day off.
0: I'm usually scheduled for Halloween.
2: We, we rotate. Uh, yeah. if, that, if that's a little bit too much, I know some people are a little bit squeamish with small rodents. We are available at hexdrinkers.com where we post all of our articles and uh, links to other sites. We're on Twitter at uh, hexdrinkers. We are, our email is obviously hexdrinkers at gmail.com. Uh, we, we tried to just get the name Hexdrinkers everywhere. And those are the main platforms uh, you're going to find us out. We, we're exploring a little bit with uh, YouTube and Twitch, also at Hexdrinkers. But you're more likely to find us there. Uh, our podcast is available wherever podcasts are available, I guess. Mostly on Spotify and Apple Music. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor are the big ones. Google, I guess. Um, we I think we have an RSS feed for it. So it's really like anything that consumes... And delivers podcasts, We should be there. If we're not there, uh, let us know. Although, props for you for finding this podcast. If you're trying to listen to us on a service that doesn't include Hex Drinkers,
1: people are hunting down our podcast, chef they're, they're they're on. They're looking for it. Power to them, Magnus. I know you said you'd love to listen to Julian struggle through the end card. So I'm sorry that Chev just nailed at that time.
0: I'm just gonna add like a bunch of weird sound effects and like splice it up real weird so that Chev sounds like an idiot. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I, I think him. that
2: would take like two effects. And all of 10 seconds. I do it pretty well myself. But yeah, find us, find us at hexdrinkers.com or find our podcast, The Hex Drinkers, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there and we would love your attention.
0: This has been Jules. Uh, and for Eric, Oak, and Chev, we're The Hex Drinkers and we're signing out. Yeah, I'm going to do, like, a rooster crow. And like Trombone. A horn and like wow. Fart nose.
1: Just do, like, a yeah, mic. Exactly. No, <laughs> it's got to be more subtle. It's got to be, like, a microwave going off behind him as though he's just unprofessional. No, give me, <laughs> give me Oaks uh, AC from the first couple episodes just going in the
2: background. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll see what I can do.
0: I need a filter, like, Eric's mic from, like, episode, like, five and, five and six. No, no,
1: no, don't do that. <laughs>
0: Don't do them dirty like that. Well, anyway...